Thank you for tuning in to the latest message from Island Church, Dundalk. Good morning, church. It's great to be witches this morning, share witches. I don't know about you, but I've been already ministered to you. I've been all, God's already blessed me. There's so much sweet anointing in the place. Just lovely what God's doing. And what Nadine shared, the, the praise and worship. Oh, you already minister. We are, I, we'll go home, will we? <laughs> because we're already minister with the praise and worship. And what the scripture Nadine shared, I love that about Jairus. And you know, Jairus, there was a lot of faith that day. There was the woman with the issue. The woman, gosh, the anointing is so strong. The woman with the issue of blood. I know Jairus was at home. And his daughter was dying, very sick, dying. And his wife, see, he was the leader of the synagogue. So, and all his religious friends were there. You can't go over there to that rabbi over there. You can't be seen associating with that rabbi. You can't. You can't. Because it's going to cause a lot of trouble. You can't be seen with him. But his wife was there in the house. And she says, come here, you. <laughs> the wife says that here. Come here, you. And you better go. Our daughter's in there dying, sick. And our religion hasn't helped us, hasn't done anything for us. Our rules and regulations hasn't helped us. So you get over there. That man is anointed by God. And you take him to our house and get our daughter healed. So he threw all caution in the wind, right? I'm going. And away he went. And the crowds were the crowds. And that's wonderful. And he came back to the house as Nadine was sharing. And the daughter got healed. Glory be to God. I said, I tell you, it's wonderful, wonderful. How many is in here this morning has got a problem with patience? Did I miss it? Did I miss it, Lord? <laughs> he has got a problem with patience. How many in here think that fast food is too slow? <laughs> yeah, yeah. How many when you put the leather kettle on and you say, stand in front of the leather kettle and you talk about, hurry up! <laughs> hurry up and boil! I want a cup of tea, coffee. <laughs> yeah. Shouting at the kettle. How many in here gets road rage on the drive? <laughs> road rage on the drive. Get into the car. Ah, come on, get out. I gotta get out. Do you know? Me and my wife, we didn't argue and fight too much. We, actually, very little we ever argue and fight. But this is one reason we always sort of had an argument over. <laughs> Road rage. Impatience. 
Because <laughs> I was like that, and God, that woman taught me patience and road rage. <laughs> of how to deal with the people. And we'd be up to town or we'd go away somewhere and and somebody was trying to get out, I wouldn't let them out because I'm in a hurry. I need to get out. I need to go. And Carol would say to me, you should have let that woman out there, John. You should have let that woman out. All right, sweetheart, I'm in a hurry. She's too slow. She's too slow coming out. I can't be waiting for her, sweetheart. That's it. Now I'm going. No, I'll cut somebody off. Remember one day I cut somebody off. I cut a woman off. She, she was trying to get out. I said, if I let her, there was a box, a junction, right? And there was another, out this way. If I let her right there now, I have the right of way. If I let her right there now, these other cars are going to get out. Now I'm in the box and another car will be coming in. I can't get out then because I'm waiting. I can't go on the box. So I just went home. I'm not seeing this box. I'm going on. Oh, she says, that's an awful thing you did there. You... <laughs> That's an awful thing you did there. That woman was trying to get out there. But I said, sweetheart, I had to wait away. She's, she's too slow coming in. I, I would have been stuck. We would have been waiting here. And we have to get it. Oh, that's an awful thing you did there. <laughs> so I went on to the garage anyway. When I had to get, no, I was getting some sweets or minerals or something. And I pulled it. I didn't pull it because you never pull at the, at the pumps because Somebody's coming in, you'd block somebody, so you pull away from the pumps. But I pull away and then, and next of all, this car pulled in. It was this woman that I cut off. <laughs> <laughs> she pulls up and she's getting diesel, you see. And the sweetheart said, now, Carol says to me, the, the best thing you can do now is go over and apologize that I want what you did. Apologize? <laughs> uh, me? I'm sure in the right, sweetheart. Apologize. And I'll tell you another thing, John. Pay for her diesel. Pay for her diesel. You must be, you must be joking, sweetheart. Uh, sweetheart, hold on. Look at her, I says. She's, she's a looker. That means she really, when she got out of the car, she was really a good-looking woman. I said, if I go over there and ask, apologize to her, and ask to buy her diesel, sweetheart, she'll get the wrong idea. And I don't want her getting the wrong idea. That, I'm, oh, I don't. <laughs> I said, listen, got out of the car and I'm going up. I said, listen, I, uh, I'm sorry I cut you off there. Did you? She said. Oh, I said, yeah, I should have left you there. I said, no, hurry. I said, do you want me to, to get you this? No, do you want me to get, you, to get that diesel for you? Oh, she says, no. Oh, she says, listen, tell I tell you. She says, thanks very much, but I don't need you. She says, I'm a married woman. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew that was going to happen. I went back. And she says, what would your girlfriend over in the car say? I said, that's not my girlfriend. That's my wife. Actually, it was my wife that sent me over here, I said. <laughs> no, I don't want diesel. And I, well, anyway, I said to Carol, now I said, didn't I tell you? Didn't I tell you that you'd get the wrong idea? I said, she said she's married. Ah, oh, well, don't manage, she says. <laughs> yeah. Glory to God. So, have you ever felt that you're in a hurry, but God isn't? Yeah. Oh, I'm in a hurry, Lord. You're too slow. I'm not waiting for you, God. I'm doing it my own way. I'm going to, and then we get into all sorts of trouble. 
We get into all sorts of trouble when we start doing it our way, that we think is the right way. Amen. Uh, I go with me the book of uh, James. Now, I'll not keep this too long this morning. It's James chapter 5. James chapter 5 and verse 7. Therefore be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and the latter rain. We'll just read on there from a minute. Now James takes the farmer, he uses the farmer as an illustration of patience. He says, look at the farmer. Look, look how the farmer waits for the yearly and the latter rain. So a farmer now, <coughs> when the farmer, one thing he doesn't do, when he plants his seed, in the, when the farmer plants his seed, sows his seed in the ground, he doesn't go and pray and fast about it. And he doesn't worry about it. He doesn't think about those things. He knows that that seed that he put in the ground will produce a harvest. The yearly and the latter rain will come. And if it doesn't come, he normally has a sprinkling system put in to do the job for him. So that farmer just goes away and about his everyday life and does his thing. What lives his life normal. He's not worrying about Will, will that rain come? Will that? Oh, I put that seed in the ground. Will, that, will, will it come up? Will it come up? Would you, would you come and pray with me and, and do this for me and do that? I'm, I'm awful. I'm in a state here. Just could you help me? No, he doesn't do that thing. He, he puts the seed in the ground, in the soil, and then he goes away, away and does other things. Amen? <laughs> That's what he does. He doesn't worry about it. He never thinks about the soil. He knows the rain will come and his harvest will come and he will have his harvest. Verse 8. You also be patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brethren. Lest you be <coughs> consumed. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. My brethren, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. Indeed, we count them blessed who endure. You have heard of the perseverance, the patience. Perseverance is another word for patience. The perseverance of Job and seen the end intent by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. Amen. So he moves on from the farmer, now he's going to Job, and he's using Job as an example of patience. Look at the, the perseverance of Job. Perseverance, stickability, <laughs> long-suffering, have you all got that stickability? Seeing something true. See, a lot of people don't have no stickability. They don't, they're lacking in patience. They want something and they want it now. 
They don't get it now. They have no stickability, no patience, nor endurance to wait for it. Amen. So he's saying, look at Job how he is. Who was Job? Nobody knows. Where did he come from? Nobody knows. What was his nationality? Nobody knows. But there's one thing we do know about Job. That he was a very, very wealthy man. Job was a wealthy man. He had 7,000 sheep. He had 3,000 camels. He had 300 yoke. And he had 500 donkeys. He had 10 children. Seven boys and three girls. Now you can read all this, the book of Job. And if you've never read the book of Job, and coaches to read it. <clears throat> he had ten children, seven boys and three girls. He had vast land and property everywhere. So Job was very, very wealthy. wealthy. And the reason why we don't know it doesn't give Job, Job's history about Job. Is because Job was a universal person. He could be anybody, anywhere in the planet Earth. Job could be. So you can't look and say, oh, that place where he come, that place where he come from, they're all patient people over there. They're patient people there. That, that's, that hasn't, that's nothing got to do with it. Patience is a fruit. And fruits have to be grown has to be watered, has to be fed, it has to be nurtured. So when you get born again, you hear people say, oh, she has the patience of Job, he has the patience of Job. I don't know what they're talking about, really and truly, because patience is a fruit. And when you get born again, you got patience, it's in the inside of you. You know, when the boys came to Jesus and said, show us the kingdom of God. And that'll be sufficient. We'll believe then. Jesus said, you can't go here, can't go there. Look, it's over here, it's over there. You can't go everywhere looking for the kingdom of God. Because Jesus said, the kingdom of God is within you. It's within us. So patience is within you and me. Everybody, everybody has patience. But you have to nurture it, feed it, water it. Look after it. Nurse it. Amen. That's how you... I see. Because if all that... What happened to Job, all the sufferings that he went through, and boy, he lost... When he lost his whole family, everything Job had, he lost it in one day. One day, Job lost a lot. Not over a period of years, not over a period of weeks or months or whatever. No, all in one day, Job lost... The lot gone, and if what sustained Job through all that pain and suffering was something called patience, then patience is something great. Patience is something great. Patience and faith. Patience and faith work together. They are buddies, buddy buddies. It's like a fellow going fishing. He, he has a rod, takes a rod, and he casts his hook and he reels in the fish. 
And then he has a net. Oh, come, somebody comes with a net with a fish. And he takes the net and he catches the fish. So faith will get you some stuff. If you have faith, it will get you some stuff. But if you haven't got the patience, you won't to keep it. You won't hold it. You won't. It's like the boys out in the boat. With Jesus was out in the boat with, <clears throat> in the middle of the lake. And, and Jesus came, the boys were in the middle of the lake, and Jesus came walking on the water. And Peter said, if that's you, Lord, bid me to come. And Jesus said, come. One word from Jesus. And Peter got out of the boat. That's, that's faith. So I'm not knocking Peter, because Peter had faith. So Peter got out of the boat, and he walked on the water. His faith got him on the water. But watch, he had no patience to keep him on the water. He lost his patience. He had no patience because when he saw the storms and the thing, he tried to get to Jesus too fast. He had no patience just to walk. Just no, just walk, just relax. He's already on the water. He's already walked. So he relaxed. But when he seen that, I have to get there quicker. No patience. So faith will get you on the water. But you need patience to keep you afloat or you'll sink. They work together. Their bodies, they're always together. Always. 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 <laughs> always, yeah. Glory be to God. Faith and patience. So you need Faith will get you a lot of stuff. Impatience will get you into a lot of trouble. If you're an impatient person, it'll get you into a lot of trouble. You see, you could deceive some people and say, I love it. I married the wrong woman. I should have married her. But I hadn't the patience. It's taken her too long to make up her mind. So I'm going to marry her and say, she'll do. I'll take her. Big trouble. I should have waited. I should have waited for her instead of taking her. And now of her, now, now, now that I have her, I don't want her. It's her I want. I should have waited. And, <laughs> and same with, with women, with men. And even Christians in church had no patience to wait for the right man to come along. So when they enter the world, I'll go out there and I get myself a man or a husband. And then I, when I get them, I'll get them saved. And I get them to church. I, I get them to church. I, when I, so she goes away and marries them. So, when the, now before they get married, he's all holy, but I don't mind the church. We're a holy buddy. He wouldn't even go to the church. But he's all holy buddy. But once they get married, I'm not going to that place. I'm not having not got, <laughs> I'm having not got the, she hadn't got the patience to wait for the man that God had for. So she went and done her own thing and got her own man out in the world and now she's in big trouble. Impatience will get you in big trouble. See, Abraham had faith, but he had no patience. So he went off, he had the Ishmael. And they're still in trouble in the Middle East today because of Ishmael. Not waiting for God's timing. 
Moses had faith, but he had no patience. He killed an Egyptian and he had a flea and put and left the children of Israel another 40 years in, in slavery because Moses had no faith. Oh, sorry, he had no he had faith, but he had no patience to do it God's way. I'm not waiting for God. I'm doing my own thing. The prodigal son had faith, but he had no patience. And he got into a lot of trouble. He, he squandered all his wealth. I want to go away. I can't be bothered waiting on all this stuff. I'm going to wait at him. I know what happened. He, had, he ended up in the pig pen. In the pig. Impatience. Impatience will get you a heap a heap of trouble. But if you do it God's way, if you're patient and wait for God and God's Simon, you'll never go wrong. Never ever. You'll never ever go wrong. Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 12. Let's go back a couple of... Hebrews 12, verse 1. Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance, patience, the race that is set before us. Verse 2 says, looking on to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was, that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Amen. I was surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. I was listening to a testimony about or oh, Kenneth Hagen, I don't know if, well, uh, the Moses in here would know Kenneth Hagen. Absolutely adored the man. Wonderful minister. In his generation, one of the great apostles of his generation, Kenneth Hagen was. And the Lord appeared to him nine times. And one time, I don't know many, but this one particular time he was sharing his, the testimony about it, the Lord took him to heaven. And he was in heaven. And his sister had died. I forget if his sister was killed in a car crash, car wreck, or she died of cancer. I'm not sure. I forget that. But he saw his sister. And she was married and had two kids at the time that she, she died and went to heaven. But she seen Ken and she said, Ken, how is John and the children? That was her husband. How is John and the children? I shouldn't be going there. <laughs> oh, great, Kenneth said. They're great. He says, I never told her, my sister, that John was remarried. I didn't want to tell her that. So he says, it, it's telling me, he says, that the people in heaven, I know the scripture says it must be, a special bunch of witnesses, a cloud of witnesses. It must be, because Kenneth Hagin reckons that the people in heaven don't know what you're doing right now. They don't know what we're doing. 
That's what Kenneth Hagin said. My sister didn't know, and I wasn't going to tell her, he says. So he says, people say, oh, they're looking down at each other. He says, they're not. He said, they're too busy in heaven anyway, he said. They're not looking down. Now this here, he says, the cloud of witnesses is a different, it's a different teaching, he says. And he, he, he said, I'm going to teach in that there, he said, but he never got into the teaching in that. But people in heaven, he says, don't know what you're doing. Yeah. That's what he says. He's, uh, praise be to God. Where, what was I doing there, Neil? Yeah, looking on to Jesus, the order and finisher of our faith. Amen. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. And I sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Amen. Glory be to God. Hebrews chapter 6. Verse 12. <clears throat> that you do not become slothful, but imitate those through faith and patience inherit the promise. Don't become lazy. When you're in faith, don't become lazy. Slothful. The worst thing you could ever do is lazy and slothful people. I'll tell you about that. Lazy and stuff. So, don't become lazy. That you do not become slothful, but be imitators of those through faith and patience. Through faith and patience. As I said, faith will get you a lot of things, but you need patience as well to keep what faith has gotten you. Amen. Glory be to God. Their bodies and they walk together. James. James chapter 1 and verse 1. Now, this passage of scripture has been badly taught down in the church has been badly taught. Not in this church, but it has been badly taught, this passage of scripture. And it's still been taught today like this, but that's not what James is talking about. Amen? There's a lot of things that's got bad rap. Well, take for uh, faith has got a bad rap in the church. I said not in this church, but it has got a bad rap. Over here, uh, there's lots of things in the teachings that has prosperity has got a bad rap. God, our God is a prosperous God. I'm telling you, He's prosperous. God. All you have to do when you read and study the Word, but people just got the prosperity and, and just went here. Why I went all wrong, all, all absolutely wrong, wrong, and the teachings and prosperity. And patience is another one. Do you know what I mean? And then there's, 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 there's the one, I think, well, I think personally, got taught bad too. People like to drink a glass of wine. I mean, the church come down to people that they want to drink a glass of, a glass of wine. Saying, no drunkard will enter the kingdom of heaven. And that's true. No drunkard will enter the kingdom of heaven. He won't. 
That's, and there's a whole lot of other scriptures. But what about the, the first miracle that Jesus ever did? He went to the wedding of Cana and he ran out of wine. And, he, and his mother came to me and says, we have no wine. We've run out of wine. What do we do? He said, what, what's that concern got to do with me? Jesus changed the water into wine. Jesus never did anything evil. He never did a bad thing. He never did anything evil. And if that was an evil thing, then Jesus wouldn't have done it. Now, people get carried away with that to see. And I don't have to tell you all this. But the teaching... Just because people get carried away and abuse it and do it wrong doesn't make it evil. Let me tell you that now. Jesus said, John the Baptist came eating and drinking and you say he has a demon or a devil. Neither eat, no, no, John the Baptist came neither eating nor drinking. None of that. And you say he has a demon or a devil. He says, the son of man this is Jesus said this. The Son of Man came eating and drinking. And you say that he is a glutton and a wine babbler. That's what he said. But the church today gets run or get takes up. I remember one time I was preaching. I think it was Athlone, as far as I know. And after this, it was a man come up for prayer. And he says, I haven't been at church for a while. He says, I haven't been at church a long time. He says, I saw that come to... Now, there was another church I, I was going to, he says. But he says, I, I, I felt I couldn't go to him, he says, because, tell you the truth, I drink a glass of wine or something with me dinner. Like that. I like, oh, if I go out for a meal with my wife, he says, I like to have a glass of wine. That's what I like, he says. But the church tell me, no, you can't have that. You're going to hell. If you drink that, you're going to hell. That's where you're going. So that popped me off. I didn't, I'm going, to, uh, I'm going to go to hell because I don't get a glass of wine. Well, and I let, I, it put me away. I love, I love church, Jesus. I love church. And it put me away from the church, but I came here. And he said, I'm here for prayer. Get prayer if you can cast that out of me. I said, cast, why? Have you a demon? <laughs> well, I have a demon because I go out and have a, a glass of wine. I, I must have a demon. Gosh. He was a lovely man. I said, why, are you neglecting your wife and your family and your children and your home and your business, are you? Oh, no, he says, I know, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't neglect my wife and my children or my home or my business. I wouldn't do stuff like that. Oh, no, he says. I said, well, you have no demon, let me tell you that, son. You have no demon. I said, do you know the Holy Spirit? I do. I says, he's our teacher. He'll teach you. And if you're in connection and in tune with the Holy Spirit, when you step out of line, let the Holy Spirit convict you and follow his direction. Don't let no man, no woman condemn you. Because Jesus died for you. The church can get it so wrong sometimes. I'm not joking you. So let nobody, let the Holy Spirit teach you. And when you step out of line, let me tell you, if you step out of line, the Holy Spirit will tell you and convict you. And then you draw back. Then you know, I'm, I'm stepping out of line here. I better get back in line. And you know, that's, He's our teacher. He's our great teacher. Glory to God. 
<laughs> anyway. James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. To the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greetings. So James is not much into big sermons and just says greetings. <laughs> Verse 2. My brethren, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. My brother, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. So, I'm in trouble. I'm in big trouble. I've fallen into trials. I've lost my job. I've lost my business. I've lost everything. I've no job. I'm sick. My wife is sick. My children are sick. Count it all joy. Count it all joy. I have no money to feed myself. Count it all joy. I'm in big trouble. Count it all joy. But I, I, I can count it joy. Because it's not, it's, it's not right. I, I, I'm suffering. I'm, I'm miserable. And then I'm going to the church and I'm saying, trying to <laughs> Putting on a false smile, false pretense. Then I come home and I close the door. I'm mad. I'm mad. This shouldn't be happening. I'm in trouble. But, but James said, count it all joy. Count it all joy. And this is your brothers or sisters, don't worry about luck. Look, what you need to do is just count it all joy. You just love to slap somebody like that. <laughs> but that's not the fruit of the Spirit. Now, you used to do that, and some of you say it was a very good hand at it as well. <laughs> but we don't do that anymore. Count it all joy. Count, but count it all joy. Don't, 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 you count it joy. You count it all joy what's, what you're going through. You'll be blessed. You're a blessing. I'm telling you now. Count, you just count and grin and bear it. <laughs> but look at verse 3, what it says. Verse 3 says, See, this continues on. It didn't stop. James didn't stop. He continued on. Verse 3 says, Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Knowing, knowing, knowing. Hey, James is a kind of old guy, but he says, knowing, you have a knowing in the inside of you, a knowing, I know, I know, I have a knowing. Count it all joy that you just lost your wife. Count it all joy. I'm not counting it all joy because I lost my sweetheart. I am not counting it all joy that I lost my sweetheart. No, I am not. I am not. Where is the joy? I have the joy in the inside that I know, that I know, that I know, that I know, that I'm going to see her again. That's where the joy is. I know that I know she's in heaven and I'll see her in heaven. That's where my joy is. The joy is not in me counting the joy that she's gone and left me. And I'm heartbroken and lonely and I miss her to bits. That's not the joy. The joy is I know. I know. I know. Verse 3. I know. 
that I'll see you again. I know. That's my own. That's my joy. That's my joy. That's my joy. Glory to God. Glory be to God. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Glory be to God. Produces patience. It produces patience in you. See, I'm in a time world down here. We're all in a time world. Down here, we're we're in a time world. But the people in heaven is not in a time world. There's no time in heaven. It's just down here, there's time. So I'm in time. And I have to be patient. I'm learning patient to be patient. That I know, that I know when my time is up, I'm going. I'm going to be with the Lord. And see my sweetheart. Oh, I better move on. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect walk. Glory to God. That you may be perfect and complete and lacking nothing. Lacking nothing. If you let patience and faith have its perfect walk in you, you will be lacking nothing. You will be lacking nothing. But you've got to let patience and faith have its perfect walk within you. See, faith can't walk with small burst. Faith or patience can't walk with small burst of faith. You see, what did Jesus tell them in the board? He says, oh ye of little faith. I thought it was great faith. <laughs> I thought it was great faith for Peter to come out and to walk on the water. And we can't knock Peter because I don't think we'll be walking on the water. <laughs> so Jesus said, Where were you of little faith? What was it? Small burst of faith. One day you can take the world for Jesus, and the next day you're depressed. What is that? Small burst of faith. One day you're a giver, the next day you're not a giver. One day your hands are up praising God and the next day your hands are down, depressed. One day you're giving your witness, your, your everything. And then all of a sudden you're all down. That's short, short burst of faith. You, have a, you were good and it was great. And Peter's faith got him in the water, but he had a sh- short burst of faith. And he needed patience to keep it. So you need patience to keep something. You need patience to keep what faith has gotten us. Many of the things that faith got me, but I hadn't the patience and I lost it. People get healed, get their healing, but they haven't the patience to keep their healing. 
Peace and faith works together. Their bodies, they hang about together. It's like faith is taken about. See, patience is not used till faith is being attacked and tested. So faith's out there in the corner and faith's sitting at the bottom from every angle. And so patience is sitting in the corner and looking at faith and gets up and goes over to faith. Hi, faith, what's wrong? I'm taking a bathroom, patience, from every angle. I'm being attacked from everywhere. And patience gets alongside faith. And he says, put that white flag away. Don't even think about it. Put the white flag away. Don't even think about it, faith. Don't be making peace agreements. Where? So patience gets faith, puts them faith on his shoulders. And patience says to faith, now where were you going before you started out? I was going there. I was heading that direction. Well, let's go. Let's go together. Let's go together. And we're together. We cannot be defeated. We cannot be defeated. And when your patience goes and gets it for you, then faith comes along and keeps it there and holds it there and you keep it. That's another word for impatience is for pay, is calmness. Calmness. See, when you want faith and you have patience, you want complete calmness. It's like Jesus was asleep in the boat one time in the middle of the sea. And the boat started, started taking in water. And the disciples ran and they woke Jesus up. The Son of God is in the boat with them. They went. Jesus was asleep because he had faith and patience. He said, let's go to the other side. He didn't say, let's go to the middle and sink. <laughs> no, Jesus said, let's go to the other side. He didn't say, let's choose the hymns now to be sang at our funeral because... <laughs> Because we're going down. He didn't do that. But the boys came and woke Jesus up. He says, the Son of God who created the heaven and earth. Jesus, why are you sleeping? We're drowning, we're perishing. Wake up. Short burst of faith. And Jesus rebuked them again for their faith. Oh, ye of little faith. Oh, ye of little faith. Amen. Calmness. Calmness. Hebrews chapter 10. Oh, I'm going to finish now. Hebrews 10, verse 35. Hebrews 10, 35. Therefore do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. Another thing that patience gives you is confidence. Confidence. 
When you have faith and patience, you've got confidence. Confidence. Man, confidence is a brilliant thing. Oh, you walk in anywhere, doesn't matter what, if you have confidence. When you have no confidence at doing something, I'm telling you, you're shaking, you're, you're shaking all over there. But when you have confidence, faith and confidence, believe in God for stuff. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. For you have need of endurance, patience, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. After you have done the will of God. They see, people want it before they do the will of God. They don't want to do the will of God. I want it and I want it now and I'm not waiting. Then they're in big trouble. In big trouble. But do the will of God. But when you accomplish and do the will of God. Somebody was saying to me the other day about somebody, and I'm not going to mention any name, but why are you having a cup of coffee? And he said to me, well, they're doing great anyway. I said, you can be doing great, but as you think, as the world think is doing great. But when you don't, well, if you're not doing God's will, if you're not doing what God has asked you to do, if you're off doing your own thing, this is the way I'm going to do it. And you're the, I'm not saying that you won't have, but you won't have no peace and no joy. And at the end of it all, you're not doing God's will. You're not finishing what God's asked you to do. God has asked you to do something. And if you don't do it, and if you run away and try off, well, God will get somebody else to do it. Has done, will do, always. If you want to do your own thing. But if you got the stickability, the endurance, the soundness, I don't care what happens, I'm not moving from this, I'm not getting off this, I am getting what God has for me. It might take years, I might sometimes, sometimes people have promises that don't even see it in their lifetime. Maybe their grandchildren or somebody coming up after them will, will, will see it. We mightn't see some of the stuff we're believing God for. But we have stickability, endurance, and glory to God, I don't back off easy. I'll tell you that. I don't. Even when, <laughs> before I got saved, <laughs> when I used to go out to dances and all that, I'd never back a weapon fight. I don't care if the fellow was six foot seven. I'd never backed up. And I didn't care if he bet their brains on me. I, I told a fella, he says to me, one, not too far from here, over that Delphi ballroom at the time, he says, I'm going to take you. He said, I'm going to give you. I said, are you? I said, well, you better kill me. I said, you better kill me. Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> and this, was, this, was, this wasn't the fruit of the spirit. <laughs> he said, I'm going to, I said, will you? He said, yeah, I'm going to make bitch. I said, well, come on, come on, let's do it then, let's do it, let's do it. And he was twice my height, twice my size. But I knew, I said, I'm going to get into this fella. And if I get him on the ground, I just have the same odds as he has. And I was a dirty fighter. I bit and I scrubbed. <laughs> and I bit his leg and I was biting. He's like, get him off me, get him off me, somebody get him off me. He's biting me, he's biting me. Oh, he's a dirty, dirty little get. <laughs> He was glad to get away. So I was, like, I was like a dog with a bone. 
And us Christians should be like that. No, I don't mean that. I mean like, like a dog with a bone that you're not going to let go. God has given me a promise. God has given me a promise. I am not letting go. I'm not letting go of it. You said, I see it in your word. You said this, you said that, and it's all over your word, Lord. And I'm not backing off. I'm staying, I'm sticking, I'm having patience. I'm going to wait and focus and faith, and I will get what God has for me. Glory to God, church. I better, <laughs> I better stop. Because you people be all getting hungry, so when you think he'd shut up, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, praise be to God. I hope they just learn patience. Praise be to God. Amen. Thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Oh, Lord, you're a wonderful, 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 wonderful God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You are our teacher. You teach us and show us all things, Holy Spirit. We don't have to go anywhere else. Just go to the Word. Lift, take the word and put it in and focus on that word and live that word and act upon that word and you Holy Spirit will teach us and show us and if we step out of line anywhere you will teach us you will tell us you will guide us you will show us you'll show us where to go who to speak to who to talk to who not to talk to Amen I know Holy Spirit you will I know you will praise be to God we thank you, Father, in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Glory to God. We are so glad you could join us for our latest message. We are located right in the center of the town, and we would love for you to call in and see us. Details are on our website at islandchurchdundalk.ie.